Good evening and welcome to the Apple Store Regent Street. Today we're excited to bring you actor Nick Frost and director Joe Cornish from the film Attack the Block, which is in cinemas now. Now will you please welcome to the stage our guest moderator, television presenter and Radio 1 DJ, Edith Bowman. Hi. Hi. Thanks, Robin. Evening, everyone. How are you all? You okay? We have got um, a, a great hour or so ahead of us, but as a bonus for those of you, the first 10 people to ask questions, we have a signed poster um, from Attack the Block, so um, don't be shy at the start, otherwise you might miss out. Right, right, I'll stop talking and we'll get them on because I know uh, a lot of you are very eager to hear from them. Uh, please welcome to the stage uh, the man who wrote and directed the film uh, and two stars of the film, not just Nick Frost but John Boyega as well and Mr Joe Cornish. Please welcome them to the stage. Hello. Oh, you didn't dance on stage. Hello. 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 Huh? Hello, How shoppers. <laughs> <coughs> How are you all? Good. Well, very well. Today we're going to be demonstrating to you a new detergent <laughs> that can cut through grease and grime faster than any... Anyway, never mind. Can I point out, it's a poster each for the first ten of you. You don't have to share one. Aidy said poster. Oh, I do apologise. One between ten. Let's get down to business. Joe, yes. your film's been out a day. Yes. How does it feel that it's, it's finally out there for, for the public's consumption? Has it been a, is it a release? Or do you feel quite kind of, I don't know, waiting for response from people? Uh, no, it's a, it's a release. It's a general release. <laughs> hey. Uh, hey. Um, no, it's good because Classic. you... Um, thank you. You you make the film, right? So you we all made the film, and then and then you have to show it to investors and distributors, and then critics and bloggers, and and only once you've done that can you actually put it in front of the public and find out what proper people actually think of it. So um so it's very exciting, yeah, very exciting. What did you? What type of film did you set out to make? Because a lot of people might not know as well that, that film is, is kind of where you started, you, university, you studied it, and then you kind of fell into the, the comedy side of things with Adam and stuff. But this yes. is your first love, really, isn't it, in a kind of way? Yes, I went to film school uh, after school, and then, um, I, yeah, I trained in film, and I was very lucky straight out of film school to get a good job in the industry immediately behind the counter of Tower Video in Piccadilly. <laughs> It was, it was really good. So I thought I'll work my way up to the top to directing from selling videos. And, but then I realized that it was maybe that was too long a, uh, long a ladder to climb. So I sent it, me and Adam sent in some videos we made to this show called Takeover TV. And I ended up doing TV comedy for a bit. But yeah, this is very much the fulfillment of, uh, of a childhood dream. Because I think yeah. a lot of people assume that because you're synonymous with being very funny uh, with you and Adam and stuff, that the film's a comedy. Would you say that that's a kind of preconception people have? Uh, no, the that's film? okay. It's a because it's, it's funny. Yeah, no, it's a bit like a you know, and and I, I hope it's a bit like an American werewolf in London, which is first and foremost uh, a real and scary scenario with real characters, and then this freaky thing goes down. This fantastic thing happens. And the laughs are kind of a release, an escape. So for me, good horror comedy is, uh, is scary before it's funny, and the laugh should come from being a little bit tense and scared. So that was our ambition anyway, yeah. So, so, so it's not, you know, I'd be mad to attempt to do what Edgar has done, 
or try and repeat his style because he's a genius and that would be foolish. So I've tried to do something else. I've tried to make a film a little like a John Carpenter film or, uh, you know, an 80s creature feature. Yeah. And it is, yeah, it, it's, it's not quite as gaggy. It's a bit more, um, it's a bit more sort of gritty, perhaps. Let's talk about your cast. We have two of them mm. here tonight. Um, how did you find... John, I know you're sat there in front of us. I'm going to talk about you for a second. How did you find, how did you discover John? We have in Attack the Block uh, il five, 11 young actors and actresses who were between the ages of, well, between the ages of, well, how old were Mike and Sammy? 10? Between the wow. ages of 10 and 17 uh, in our film, basically uh, driving the film. And we auditioned thousands of kids, and some of them are completely new to the screen. Some of them had a little bit of stage experience. Mm. Um, but yeah, most of them are new to the big screen. And John we found in a theater in, uh, in Kilburn uh, with a 10-minute walk-on role in a, in, in a play. Wow. And uh, he was just amazing, and he is amazing. And one of the great things about this film was the opportunity to give that many young actors substantial roles and give them a, you know, give young actors who deserved it a real launch. And, you know, John's um, amazing in it. Take it from me. This is an incredibly talented young actor. <laughs> and ge ge genuinely, you yeah. know, um, like one of my favorite films growing up was The Outsiders. Does anyone know, remember The Outsiders at all? And that incredible cast that had like Patrick Swayze, Tom Cruise, C. Thomas Howell, Ralph Macchio. Uh, I, you know, I, I hope maybe we've found a few f future yeah. stars, you know, for the British movie Nick scene Frost. in this film. It's going to be a name people are going to uh, Well, I enjoyed doing remember. it and I'd like the chance to do it again, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we've got to throw questions out because we don't have that long, so I want to try and get as many of your questions as possible. Um, who would like to ask the first question? Gentleman here, what's your question? Oh. Hello, Joe. Hello, mate. How are you doing? What's How your name? You? <laughs> my name's Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Um, the script seems to be quite contemporary culture. I'd be interested to know how many people you had involved with the writing and construction of, especially the dialogue for the younger cast. Yeah. Um, well, it's set around the area where, where I grew up, but obviously I didn't grow up in those circumstances that are depicted in the film, but I did a lot of research. Basically, I figured out the story, then I spent months and months going around youth groups in South London, talking kids through the story, and I would uh, record everything everybody said. There was hundreds of kids. I went home and I transcribed it all word for word. I'm doing the miming actions here just to <laughs> make it more dramatic. That's how I type like that. Um, and, and, and I got myself to a place where I thought I could do a reasonable um, you know, version of how they spoke. Uh, or how the characters spoke. And then, and then we uh, basically wrote several drafts of the script. And then, of course, when we got the cast in, you know, even though these guys are actors, they're not the characters in the film, they're professional actors creating roles, uh, they were closer to that world than I was, or that mode of speech than I was. So they came in. Didn't you, John? You kind of helped for those last couple of drafts, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, we need to tweak a few words in the, mm -hmm. in the script. Yeah, I'd use the word frightfully a lot, and one is terribly frightened yeah. and stuff. So he had to. Um, I wasn't really doing it. No, fix that. <laughs> was that was that nice for you in a way though, John? Because you, it, it was it was more involvement as well in a way in terms of of you helping create the character. Yeah, yeah, in we, another way as well. We wanted we we created these characters, but we wanted to feel them um, as whoa. <laughs> 
but I like, <laughs> wanted to feel you know, as natural as possible like while filming the scene. So yeah, it was great being involved in the writing. What's this experience been like for you? Crazy. But it's been fun. I'm very humbled by it. Thanks for coming, guys. <laughs> oh, should we ask another question? Gentlemen, right there. Give me the mic. What's Post your... the winner, number Hello. three. I'm Lawrence. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Lawrence. Hi, Lawrence. Yeah, I like the, the social, social commentary aspects of the film. And I think you're trying to, are you trying to like to uh, voice out like that uh, the young people are not generally bad, they just they were put into that circumstances. So you're trying yeah. to give them a voice in the film. Ab absolutely. What, what we wanted to do with the film in a way is start with the stereotype and not necessarily the stereotype as it exists in the world, but the stereotype as it exists in people's imaginations, as depicted in the media and in some films. Uh, and, we, and, and, and so we start with what feels like maybe a Michael Winner film or an Abel Ferrara film, quite an archetypal kind of Death Wish style situation. But then as soon as this alien lands, it goes off in the other direction. And, and, and we're not absolving the characters for what they do. What they did was bad. And this isn't a sort of schmaltzy movie where, where the character has a complete transformation. And uh, it, it, it's trying to respect the reality a bit more than that. But... Yeah, he does, this, he does this one dodgy thing and he almost invokes this invasion and then everything that happens happens as a consequence of that one thing and without giving away the ending, he has to learn the consequences of his actions and by the end of the film, this guy that started the movie doing a cowardly thing does this incredibly brave thing. And so when not, it's not a movie that says uh, this is a misunderstood hero. It says that it says that everybody, wherever they're from, whatever color, race, creed, whatever, has the capability of doing bad and good. But it can sometimes be affected by the circumstances in which they live and the choices that are being offered to them. So, so it's supposed to be like a John Carpenter film, as you so rightly said, a little bit of social subtext, but mainly just a uh, you know, uh, crazy monster chase sci-fi mashup movie. Let's have a look at the trailer right now. Believe it when I landed in the wrong place, though, you get to the wrong place. <laughs> well, lads, we discovered a species hitherto unknown to science. He kicked his head in. <laughs> Yo, check it. More. More what? Them things. Lovely fireworks. Mommy, it's an invasion. Of course it is. I'm killing them. I'm killing them straight. Let's get tooled up, blood. They're quite sweet, really, aren't they? That looks triple the size, blood. Right now, I feel like going home, locking my door, and playing FIFA. What were those things? I think I'm probably alien. What kind of alien would invade some council estate in South London? I'm just looking for a fight. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? about the driving and getting lessons for Christmas. Whoa! Got no credit. Got one text left. This is too much madness to explain in one text. We have to call the police. You'd be better off calling the Ghostbusters, love. No! What's wrong with you, man? You got tools. Jesus, he looks about six. I'm nine and a half. <laughs> 
need to get off the streets. Back in the block. British film, but it's, it feels massive watching it at the cinema and the sound, you know, the soundscape of it and how it's shot and stuff like that. It just feels and looks massive. Cool, thank you. Yeah, we were just. Oh, it's, like having a, it's like having a beetle just making its way to your mouth. I like that. I love um, that feeling. Yeah, just another Saturday night. Uh, no, we wanted to make, a, like, some of my favourite movies are uh, high-concept, low-budget movies by first-time directors. Like, I love the first Terminator, I love Duel by Spielberg, I love Besson's early stuff, like Ridley Scott's first film, The Duelists. Like, directors who try and do a bit more, uh, they bite off a bit more than they can chew. And plus, that's what I love in cinema. I, uh, cinema, for me, isn't about dialogue, necessarily. It's about, like, for me, a good film you can probably follow with the sound down. It's about kinetics and movement and chases and action and um, editing. And I just wanted to have a go at all that, mm. all that good stuff, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, so I'm happy if it feels it has some scale, yeah. scale and excitement to it, you know? Johnny, it was quite a physical role for you as well in terms of you were running yeah. <laughs> quite a lot and mm -hmm. sort of thing. Did you like that whole physical element of, of the challenge, I guess, as well? Yeah, I mean, well, I'm a, like, two-disc special edition DVD buyer, so I always, like, tune in and see what I'm getting myself into. <laughs> so, yeah, I was prepared for it when they said I was about to get physical with the role. Right. But, yeah, it was cool, man. Yeah. Let's get some more questions. Who's got a question? Oh, lady right at the back. Hello. What's your name? Tia. Tia. Um, what was the best scene for you to film? John. Uh, something called the Hero Run, but if you haven't watched it, you wouldn't want to know what it no, was. I watched but... it yesterday. Oh, did you? The, yeah. the, the... <laughs> <laughs> that part. <laughs> I like that part. You, Do you, you remember that bit at all? Do you remember that uh, bit? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't that camp, but. The yeah. Hero Run. What about you, Nick? Um, I did, uh, we did like, me and Luke Treadaway did like three or four scenes together. Uh, one morning, we just came in really quick and did them quite quickly, didn't we? And they, yeah. were, uh, they were great to do, because we just sat on the sofa, and mm. me and Luke and Joe and Mike Bacall had kind of written some more little scenes, and we just knocked them out in the morning. It's great just to kind of sit down and, and have a laugh. Uh, I think only one of them made it into the cut, though, right? Yeah, Sadly. Those, those were the scenes. Do you remember the scenes with the posh boy? Nothing to do with me. Uh, this kind of this kind of posh Fulham boy that is in the block just to pick up, and he ends up getting embroiled in in the alien invasion. And so when all this stuff's going on at the bottom of the block, he's stuck in Nick's character's flat, and you're oblivious to what's going on around you, and you're yeah. enjoying supping on a bong. And, uh, well, it's yeah. business as usual until yeah. it comes to your front door, you know, and then. Ron realises that it's real, but he's got bigger fish to fry than, than uh, 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 aliens, you know, he's got, he's got business to attend to. Um, that business is growing herbal marijuana. We'll talk about the alien in a second. Right down the front, we've got two there. So Poster can... five. Oh, wow, good, count. good memory. Um, you screened the film in South by Southwest. How did the Americans take to the language? They loved it. It was terrifying. It was the <laughs> first time we'd shown it to anybody. It was an American genre audience, and this is a film that is very much inspired by American genre films. 
So it was really frightening. I couldn't. St I introduced it. I couldn't stand in the room. I went and stood in the little antechamber outside the door and I watched the film through the little glass porthole. <laughs> <laughs> and then when people started laughing and responding, uh, I, I sort of got, went halfway out the door. <laughs> and, and as I got more confident and they laughed more and more, the worst thing was, or the best thing was, it was showing in one of the Alamo draft houses, which, where, where you get food served to you while you watch. And I kept thinking the waiters were people walking out. Right. <laughs> I was like, shit, that person's leaving and they're taking their pizza with them. <laughs> but then when I realised they were just uh, staff, and, and actually nobody moved, Every, uh, everybody stayed glued to the screen. It's a fast movie, it really uh, rockets along. And, and they loved it, they really understood the language. You know, for me the language in this movie is science fictional, it's like Navi or Klingon or, um, you know, sci-fi fans, we know all these crazy words like, uh, Hoth and Bespin and Dilithium Crystals and so why it, 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 it reminded me of the language in the Clockwork Orange as well uh, so I loved it and we made, we, we made the language as simple as we could the movie sort of teaches you the language as it goes along and the short answer is they loved it they gave us the audience award for best midnight feature um, and there were queues around the block and uh, so it, it was really good fun and, and we're getting American distribution by Sony Pictures later in the year across yeah. America so it's very exciting before we come to your question, we're going to watch another quick clip right now, which is a really good example of the whole language thing, and the boys are about to strike. Your pest! Got them bangers! Yeah. Gentlemen! It's mine! Monkey, man. Monkeys ain't fooled Nah, that's some weird thing, fam. I don't even know what that is. I ain't even gonna say. Yeah, you know what that is? I'll tell you what that is. That's an alien, bruv. Believe it. Must have come from outer space trying to take over the Earth, innit? <laughs> when I landed in the wrong place, though, you get <laughs> the wrong place. <laughs> um, we're gonna ask this gentleman here for his question now. Yeah, I was just wondering if you found it difficult sort of uh, keeping to the original sort of uh, intention the film and like you know how did you cope with the collaborative sort of process of like a big feature yeah I, I mean there's this famous thing they say uh that you you make three films you write the you, you you write one film you shoot another film and then the film you edit is the third thing and i never really understood what that meant but it just means that however accurately you try and recreate what's on the page right nick Mm. It, it will always. <laughs> it'll always change a bit. So, um, and then it'll change again in the cutting room. Uh, but I was surrounded by brilliant people, and, and and I was very lucky in that respect. So it is pretty close to what I imagined. I, it's damn close to what I imagined, actually. I'm 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 really pleased with how it came out. You know, is that good enough answer? Was sure. it Thank you. Yeah. Was it a scary experience? Were you terrified by the? Was it it's still scary. It's still okay. scary. It's very. It's very. Um, you know, a lot of people have invested a lot of money in it, and 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 I've written and directed it. it it's, 
it's quite exposing. And, and for me, everything I've ever done on Adam and Joe, only people who love it know about it. But a film is something bigger. It gets presented to everybody. So yeah, we're very excited about the response it's had so far. But yeah, it's definitely yeah, it's definitely it's. Um, I don't think any, I think all filmmakers, however famous or successful they are, still get nervous. You know. Do you feel that that as well, Nick, with, with Paul? Because you were, you weren't just starring in it; you were you know you'd written it as well. Is, does it add that extra element of kind of pressure when you're more uh, involved? Yeah, well, yeah, it does. Absolutely, it does. But I think, I mean, I just try not to think about it because mm. I'd never get out of bed in the morning. It's just <laughs> get up and. Yeah. You know, as long as at the end of the day I'm happy and Simon's happy and Naira, our producer's happy, then that's kind of good enough for me. Uh, you know, if you start thinking about the big picture and reviews and if people don't like, don't like it, you, you wouldn't ever do it, you know what I yeah. mean? It's not meant to be easy, I don't think. I think it, I like the fact that it's hard. Yeah, good to challenge yourself. John, for you, with, with the rest of the cast, you know, in terms of your gang of, of, of buddies in the film and stuff, and buddies, the girls yeah. as well. Mm. Yeah, buddies. Uh, and the girls as well, who are brilliant. They're just, they just knock you boys down instantly. It's, it's so good, which we'll see in a second. Um, but, but did you guys hang out as a group to, to get to know each other before filming? Yeah, or we, we, um, did we, didn't, we didn't want to do the old cliche gang thing. We wanted to make individual characters, mm. which meant um, making decisions about our costume and trying to bond like while we were off work and going out a party at Leon's, which was wild. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. so we, we did a lot. We, I, mean, I, I know I'd done personal things for my character because my character's kind of in his own world, in a sense. And that meant me going back to watching season four of The Wire and looking at um, Michael's character in that and um, asking questions around my estate. Do you know what I mean? Because I've lived in South London all my life, but I think there's a difference be between being, you know, living there yeah. you know, and being a part of the madness that goes on there. So yeah. it meant kind of understanding Moses and to the reasons why he does the things he does in the film. So yeah, there's a lot of bonding. Yeah. A lot of love. And um, we're gonna have a look at another clip right now from the film. I've seen you around there before, you know. You lived there long. Couple of months. Hmm. Nice place you got. Thanks. Thinking of moving. Shame. Why? I don't like the area. Now, what do you mean you don't like that area? What's wrong with that area? Fam, stay. Found us. How the hell could they find us? There's like 160 doors in this block. Listen, whatever kind of gang war bullshit you're involved in, leave me out of it, please. Hey, this ain't got nothing to do with gangs. Or drugs, or rap music, or violence in video games. This is the worst night of my life. Feelings mutual. Every time, I've seen it twice, the film twice, and it still gets me every time, probably jumping out my seat. This, this fella. Yeah. <laughs> he was, his glasses almost fell off. <laughs> um, the, the, the beast, the alien, how did you, how did you go about creating that? What, were the, the, what was the inspiration? In the Lots of inspirations, really. Uh, does anybody here play video games? Yeah, does anyone play old school video games? Anyone remember a SNES game called Another World? 
Oh, come on, Apple Store. Yes, thank you, sir. Uh, that was an old 16-bit. It was the first ever video game to motion capture a human, and it had amazing silhouetted creatures in it. The other thing that inspired it was the uh, illustration on the side of the uh, Space Invaders cabinets, that backlit uh, yeah. monster that I always mm. thought was an amazing design yeah. that didn't appear in the film, uh, in the film, in the game. You saw um, me with my shirt off one afternoon as well, didn't you? <laughs> that was a huge inspiration. <laughs> most terrifying I'll sight it, of all. I'll give it fur. <laughs> yeah, we used, we used Nick's actual body hair to fur the creatures. It's just the stuff I lose shed. during the yeah. night. Shake yeah. off. Yeah. yeah. It's good. This, this young lady for poster 10. <laughs> yeah, you. Oh, I see. Hi, I uh, love the film. Thank you very Congratulations. much. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, my question is about the music of the piece, because I love the soundtrack, and I'm just wondering, sort of, Basement Jacks, like, uh, what made you decide on, uh, on those guys and how it sort of evolved? Well, they're a, base, they're a Brixton-based band. They started off... Um, uh, their first ever gig was on the junction of Mostyn Road and Brixton Road, where we shot a lot of the film. Mm. Uh, one of them's called Buxton. That made me feel comfortable. <laughs> um, uh, they were really our music supervisor's idea. And, 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 and they, they, they sent in some demos and they just kind of nailed it. And, and what I like about what they've done is it's very joyful. Even though it's a scary thriller, everything they do always kind of has a smile on its face. And you feel even in the most terrifying situation, Basement Jacks would be like having a bit of a party somewhere along the line. So I think they've done a brilliant job, and they work with this guy called Stephen Price, uh, whose first orchestral score it is. The pitch for the music was, this was before we got Basement Jacks involved, my pitch was, imagine John Carpenter and John Williams going round to Roots Maneuver's house and getting very high <laughs> and composing a score. And, and I think that's what we've ended up with, this kind of combination of contemporary and old school and electronics and orchestral kind of thing, but I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you liked it, yeah. you did like it. Good. <laughs> Gentleman at the back, hello. What's your name? Elvis. Elvis, Elvis hello, how Elvis. are you? I'm fine, thank you, and you? Good, very well, thanks for asking. What's your nice. question? Um, first of all, I've watched the film last week. It's an amazing film, everyone needs to go and see it. If you haven't seen it yet, go and see it, because it's thank amazing. Thank you, sir. Congratulations. Thank you. We must have another poster for Elvis. Yeah, we need a poster for Elvis. I'm from an estate in South London, and um, if aliens came to my estate, that's exactly what probably would happen. <laughs> yeah, no, <I'm> <laughs> um, the second, well, the question I want to ask was, um, your film brought another depth to characters that we usually see in these sort of films. It kind of explained um, the motive behind why they do these things and why the gun culture's there, and showed the innocent side to the characters. I want to know if that was something you aimed to do. 100% yes. Thank you very much for doing yeah, that, because it needs to be done. Well, thank you, sir, and I'm glad you understood it. It's, you. it the, the responses are interesting, and, and that's absolutely the response that we hope to get. So thank you very much. But it's thank really you. subtle the way you've, you've, you've done it. You haven't tried to kind of ram it down people's throats. You've just kind of, you know, yeah. entwined it. It's not a dialogue-driven film. Characters don't stand up and say what they think. Mm. They don't make great declarations. There aren't huge speeches about the turning points. It's an action movie, and character and it is shown through what people do. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and we've thought very hard about this film for a long time, and, and we're conscious of all these things, mm. and we've really paid attention. We thought about this a lot, and, and everything is there for a reason. And, and some people will understand it, other people may understand, but the vast majority of people, I have to say, really, really dig it and totally get what we're doing.
even though there's a, a very kind of brief moment where you get a, a snapshot into where Moses lives, and that in itself, there's nothing said at one point. It's just a quick sort of pan around this flat, and you instantly know so much about that character without anything being said yeah. in terms of his backstory. Yeah, and where I know. And this from. this this film is hopefully in a tradition of of lots of movies that deal with anti-heroes. And, and weirdly, anti-heroes are less common now than they used to be in, in cinema. Like um, characters like, you know, even Han Solo is a, used to be an anti-hero. He shoots Greedo in cold blood, you know. Uh, Indiana Jones, when he shoots the guy with the scimitars. Uh, <laughs> the guy didn't even step to him. The guy with the scimitars, he had a family. You know, so, yeah. So, so, yeah, this is harking back to Snake, Snake Plissken, Assault on Precinct 13, when there's a little bit of... It's not moral ambiguity, but it's the idea that anybody in the world, whatever, race, colour, creed, everybody has the possibility inside them to do good things or bad things, and, and so does our character. Great. More questions? Hello. <coughs> um... I have a very upset 12-year-old when he found out it was a 15. <laughs> did you go... Did you realise it was going to be a 15 and that hard? Or did you just allow it because of the subject matter? I didn't think too much about that. We just let, we just let the script and the story grow organically, really. Yeah. Um, I guess I come from a generation where films were a little more predictable than they... A little less predictable than they are now. Again, I'm thinking of the horror at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, the language in the Goonies. In the 80s, you didn't quite know what you were going to get, did you? There were often, it was often a little mashup of different genres. Uh, but the short answer is that, no, we didn't, we didn't really think, oh, this has to be a 12A so that we can make X amount of money or reach that market. We wanted to stay true to the, to the world and the characters, really. But maybe we could do a King's Speech-style uh, swearing-free <laughs> version. <laughs> Um, it will run about ten minutes, but exactly, exactly. <laughs> Did you have a question at the front? Yeah, what would you like to? jim has got a microphone for you. I was just wondering who funded the movie because I know this is difficult to get money to make movies. Uh, the film was funded by Optimum and Studio Canal and Film Four and the UK Film Council. So did you have that money before you started, or did you get the film together and then show people? It's a sort of ongoing process. You, you, you write the story, then, then I took it to uh, Big Talk Productions, uh, who made Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Scott Pilgrim and Paul. They took it to Film 4. Film 4 took it to Optimum. Optimum, a part of Studio Canal. So really that's about having the producers around you... Uh, uh, you know, I didn't have to get... I just concentrated on working on the script and hoped that the money would be raised. And, and while I was doing that, parallel to that, the uh, producers were trying to drum up enough money. So it's a sort of evolving thing. And, it, and, and quite famously, sometimes movies just, like, drop through the day before, don't they? Because the money yeah. doesn't come together. You, you just have to sort of have faith that it'll happen, proceed as if it's going to happen. Yeah, and even worry that it gets greenlit, because you're... Yeah. You know, you can be a week before production starts and still not have that green light so even then you've got everything ready to go and it may not happen you know so when it i think for me on when we did paul when you're on set and you do that first shot you're done you know that the film's greenlit and you know you can relax a bit and, and get on with it it's, it's tricky you know especially in this kind of current fiscal era <laughs> first one done 
What? Which is first one done? Film. film. First film. Um, yeah. Which I know you yeah. said was was kind of you. I think you said at the premiere, kind of there was a lot more went into a film than you realised, or more work went into it and stuff. But you know, it must mean that it's it's the road you you want to take. You want to make more more films. Yeah, it's the first one for both John and I. Yeah. Not the first one for Mr. Frost. I've been around the block a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I want to try and do another one, don't you, John? Yeah, man. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, can me it's, and John be in it? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you're having that experience of working in theatre where, where, you know, where, where, where Joe said he saw you, your 10-minute walk-on part, and then being part of this, this feature film, has it, has it given you the, the bug for it? Is it something that yeah, you Yeah, I mean, after I've had the block, I filmed um, three other projects which are coming out along along the year, but yeah, it's been amazing working on a feature film coming from a Kilburn theatre. It's been great. And, you know, I'm humbled by the, you know, the reaction to the performances because, I mean, me and the boys, we put in work because we, we wanted to put the message across. We are professional actors mm -hmm. and we want to um, try as much as possible, you know, to, to get the right you know, reaction from the audience. Just really thankful, grateful, to be honest. What did you learn? They were tremendous, sorry, just from, uh, you know, yeah. my point of view, coming on to set every day and working with a group of lads who you know, hadn't done it a lot. They were the most enthusiastic professional bunch I'd ever worked with, really. They didn't mess around, they listened, they, and they worked and they acted and they, you know, they worked at creating characters, not just mm. mucking around until the camera turned on, you know. <laughs> Which, you know, you, you would be forgiven for doing that. It's, yeah, of course. It's a, it's a laugh, it's a great place to work, but mm. it, they didn't do that once, not, you know. What, was, what were your expectations of working on a film, John? Did you have any? Oh. Do you know what? I remember being on, I was on my way to set for the first day and um, Joe was, you know, you were filming the scene with Jodie when she's coming out of the station and I just saw a whole road being blocked off. Now, I go, to, I go past Oil Station all the time and I was thinking I'll see Joe like across the road with like a mini cam, just filming his little film. <laughs> so I saw this whole road blocked off and I was like, so, so what, what film is that? It was like, Attack the Block, I was like, Right, <laughs> it's big. <laughs> do, you know what, do you know what I mean? It's like exciting. Yeah. Really exciting. Wow. Um, any more questions? Yeah, hello. Hi, um, I watched a film yesterday and I really enjoyed how you, like, every time you went into each house and um, showed everyone's personalities. Where did you get the, like, ideas from, from like, each house? Uh, from research. A lot of, of Attack the Block is from reality. A lot of the lines that are said are real things kids said to me during research. Too much madness for one text. Yeah. Better off calling the Ghostbusters. Those are real things kids said to me during the research. <laughs> Se seriously, I mean, I mean, those kids are bright and witty and funny and fast, you know. Um, uh, sorry? Uh, what they get is a fantastic alien mashup movie set in their neighbourhood. <laughs> um, but we, t we, we took a lot from the research, you know, and, and, and weirdly, a lot of filmmakers do. Um, every filmmaker will go and, you know, good filmmaker will go into the world and draw stuff from the world. Every, every, every writer does, really. Uh, but, yeah, we used details from the research. And then we actually, uh, our, set, our production designer gave John and Franz and Leon and Simon and Alex little... Um, Flip cams, little, cams little, yeah. little cameras to take photos of their own bedrooms, just so we could pick out details that we thought might be useful. Mm. Um, yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah. Thank Ron's, you. Ron's weed room is based on my own <laughs> <laughs> weed room. Uh, last question, I'm afraid. Uh, gentleman there. 
greetings from Brazil. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, more on the matter of raising money for the production. Uh, how, how hard is, uh, since Attack of the Block is a sci-fi movie with video game reference, it must be more difficult to raise money uh, for doing this kind of film instead of uh, romantic comedy, for example. And what is your opinion on 3D films, new 3D movies? On, on British films? 3D. No, 3D, oh, 3D <laughs> films. Uh, I really like 3D films. I've been watching them. I, I saw the Polar Express when it first came out. <laughs> and uh, that's a pretty extraordinary film for various reasons. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I, I, I don't mind it, you know. Um, anybody else answer that? I need to think a bit about that. About 3D films? 3D films. Uh, Would you have ever wanted to make this in 3D? Here's the thing. I've got, uh, I've got an old copy of a magazine <laughs> called, called Cinefex. Sorry, did I just interrupt No, you? I like the term, here's a thing. Here's yeah. a thing. I hadn't heard it for a minute. Edgar uses it. I've got yeah. it. Here's a thing. Uh, there's an old sci-fi magazine called, uh, called Cinefex, and I have a, um, a copy of it from the 1980s 3D craze, when Jaws 3D came out. And, Brilliant. Uh, Amazing. Um, it never got better. It never got better in Jaws 3D. And you read that magazine, and the articles are word for word exactly the same articles as they've been printing in the last year. You know, is it the is it going to stay forever? Is it the latest innovation? Uh, I, personally, I think it w personally I think it'll probably pass in a few years. Uh, oh, I'm going to regret saying that probably, aren't I? But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's the feeling I get. I get the feeling it's a, it's a really cool, fun novelty, and people are working through all the different ways we can use it. It's going to be amazing to see Scorsese do a 3D film. I'd like to see Herzog and Vendors do 3D films. So it does feel like a, like a kind of thing, whoa, yeah, let's get out, let's do as many as we can, sort of thing, yeah. then it will die down and then it will... Yeah, one I think if they're specifically few... made for 3D and you know, 3D enhances it, uh, your experience of the cinema, then I think that's fine, but yeah. if you're just going to use it as a cynical marketing ploy to stick another £5 on a ticket price, then I think people will see through that mm. uh, eventually. Yeah, but, but do you want to make, it, uh, make a 3D film in the future? Oh, I see. Uh, man, I'm just learning to deal with 2D. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to withhold that, that extra D for a, for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, um, thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you. And, um, thank you very much. Thank you all for coming down. And congratulations to the t 11... Not quite sure how we're going to do that. 11 poster winners. We'll rip one in half. And <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you very much. Thank Have you a good very evening. much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Next, John and Joe, everyone. <laughs>